This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Before jumping into the podcast, we have a quick new segment called Data Drops brought to you by Placer.ai. Today's data drop is all about grocery. Players like Publix, Albertsons, and Kroger saw significant strength during the pandemic, and there were indications that this was just the beginning. Looking at monthly visit data year over year shows that Publix averaged a massive visit jump of 17.3%. Albertsons and Kroger also saw impressive average monthly jumps of 5.4% and 5.3%. Trader Joe's saw visits up 11% in July 2021 when compared to July 2019. The same pattern held true for Safeway, Ralph's, Giant, and Harris Teeter. Two brands that are increasingly grabbing attention are Lidl and Aldi. Their expansions are delivering results on the visit front, with both seeing massive year-over-year gains in weekly visits nationwide. One brand that truly leveraged the pandemic to redefine its position is Winn-Dixie. They are 18.4% higher than July 2019. This is fascinating because... At the end of the day, there were some people who thought when pandemic restrictions started to go down, that grocery traffic would go back. And I think there's a lot of reasons that, but one I think is really simple is that the the lifestyle of people has changed. During the pandemic, people learned to cook at home. They started to cook at home. There were less restaurant options. There's still less restaurant options. And Because people are working in a hybrid model where sometimes they work in the office, sometimes they work at home. Personally, you know, our grocery bill increased because of the amount I was home during the pandemic and I used to only be at the office. I think grocers also invested heavily in their stores. They made them better than they were before and enhanced the shopping experience. I think the grocery sector is in a really good spot. Stay tuned as we continue to drop more data drops from Placer.ai. Thanks. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Matt Villardo. Matt is the owner of Root Runners in Sparta, New Jersey. I am excited for Matt to be on the show. Matt is a longtime family friend. I have known Matt for over 20 years, so... Um, I'm excited for him to be here. Welcome, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. It's it's truly an honor and a privilege to be with you and uh, to get to see you after so many years. It's, it's wonderful. So thanks. But yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm 33 years old. I have a beautiful wife. I have two kids. I consider myself to be like a nomadic entrepreneur, uh, and think I finally found my place to stay in retail. Surprisingly, and. Uh, um, yeah, so after multiple startups and, and rental properties and all that fun stuff, I found my place in retail, and I'm looking forward to being here and talking about that with you. When did your store open? So we officially opened the doors May 27th, 2021. So, Amazing. Yeah, right. you know, it's, pretty, it's been pretty wild. I imagine. So family's good. I mean, yeah, you, everyone's healthy. Your sister, you know, uh, Nicole, and she's got three kids now. She wow. took one from two to three, and you know they're they're good. And 
you know, so definitely blessed amongst everything that's going on to be able to have a healthy family and opportunities to, to, to take on. So, so your, your mom is one of the people that one day down the line, some point I'm going to have to owe. She's was amazing to me. Your mom was truly uh, incredible to me. Uh, I don't know if you know this. You might know this. You may. Do you know your mom bought me a car? I did. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> your mom bought me a car. It was a crazy time in my life. And your mom was just fed up and she bought me a car and we went and she was willing to buy me like Sure. Pretty nice car, but we ended up with a 1997 Toyota Corolla at the time, and it was perfect for me that I needed. That car lasted me like six years through college. So, um, yeah, so your mom's one of the people I owe. So <laughs> she's got a heart, man. Yeah, and and she loves to use it. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, the Corolla. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We have a section called Clear the Air. I've got three personal questions for you. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. All right, do it. All right, question one. When is the last time you tried something for the first time? Does, does having a second child count as an answer? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but I think that's, I, I don't think so, actually. I'm, I'm going to say, because you already had a child. So it's not the first yeah, time true. you had a child. Right, right, right. I feel like a second one, that's just a game changer. <laughs> but uh, all right, so fair enough. So let's look, uh, how about opening uh, a retail store during a global pandemic? Sure, <laughs> that's a great answer. And we're gonna get into more of that, perfect. Yeah. Okay, question two. Mm -hmm. What is one skill you don't possess but wish you did? Oh, that's excellent, that's a good one. Honestly, I always think about this a lot in, in terms of that skill. And I really would like to be a, have the skill set of a licensed plumber. I just feel like there's always a plumbing issue going on and I have the basics, but I want to be like a good solderer. I want to work with pecs. I want to fix wow. my furnace on demand. I don't know why. If that specific segment of home ownership is where is where I'm lacking and would like that expertise. So I'm, my final answer is is the capabilities of a licensed plumber. That's a that's an amazing answer. And no one's ever said that. So I, I love the answer. Okay, question three. It's one of my favorite questions. Mm -hmm. What is one thing most people agree with, but you do not? Okay. I got one for you. Okay. All right. So I think a lot of people, and I've actually been told this, they tell me that it's I'm 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 un-American because I've never seen the movie A Christmas Story. <laughs> you know, it literally <laughs> runs on repeat from Christmas Eve to Christmas for 24 hours and I've never seen it. And I, I'm never going to, I, I don't have any desire to do it. So I'm sorry, I just, I don't have one. I do enjoy the Christmas story, it is a good movie. I, I wouldn't say that I watch it every year, but I would say every couple of years I, I take a plunge in and I think my kids need to be get a little older before they watch it. I, I don't think it's, I don't know what it's rated, but today I don't think it would be G. So, yeah, no. <laughs> so, we are here to talk about Root Runners, mm. which is your new store that you opened up, you created out of nothing. Why don't you tell us how this all transpired and how you ended up with Root Runners in Sparta, New Jersey? And maybe even before that, tell us a little bit about what the store is. Sure. 
you know, root runners when it first came about, it, it really was derived with my my personal experience from running and, and the effects it had on me and still continues to have on me. Uh, but essentially when I was 19 years old, I was, I was battling some, some MDD, some major depressive disorder and severe anxiety and uh, kind of just consumed my life given what we had gone through as a, as, as a family. And, and one night I was in bed and I can remember laying there and I was just in this, this really dark place and didn't really know where it was taking me, but I, I just felt numb and, and, and unable to move. And I was brought to this memory of, of myself and my father at uh, our high school track, London Peace Track. And he said to me, we're going we're gonna to walk the curves and run the streets. And that was September 10th, 2001. And, you know, oh my God. Know those Americans, the next, very next day, on September 11th, 2001, when the World Trade Center uh, were attacked. My father was one of those innocent lives who was lost that day. So um, that memory that I had when I was 19 in that particular moment, I, um, it, it kind of woke me up and I just went outside and put on my shoes and I just went for a run. And, it, you know, I've always been active. I always like working out. I never just ran to run though, you know, and from that moment that lift mentally that I got from running, um, was just something that I continued to pursue. So I continued to run and I continued to grow. And it took me from every distance of race, you know, the 5K to marathon. And that was great. And that uh, helpful to the relationships that I made with people, the lives of people that I've seen running change, uh, people who couldn't walk and then run, you know, good people like Denise Castelli who lost her leg and she's out there and she's inspiring people and running marathons and doing Ironmans. And all of this just kindred this, this passion inside of me to, to find a way that I can communicate and to offer this experience of better mental well-being through the act of running or if you're new to it, just even moving and walking. So um, I thought, after a long time, you know, it's been years, 14, 15 years since that night. Um, you know, throughout the course of my professional career doing other things, what can I do that can marry the purpose and the profits of my passion? And um, opening a run, walk, specialty store was the best way that I thought I could start and start in our community, Sussex County, New Jersey here. And that was was just so profound in my soul for so long that finally um when during covid you know sadly we see so many businesses that were unable to endure the pandemic but for me it was an opportunity to find space that i know i'll be able to have good leverage on and have an opportunity um if i could find the right spot to to work out a good deal and to make my my passion of helping others through running a reality. So wow. that's when I just when it started. What did you do? Tell everybody, because you mentioned a bunch of startups. What did you do before you opened a running store? So there's this 15 year gap before you're a retail store owner. Mm -hmm. What was your career like? Yeah. So at, at the early age of, you know, right after about going in, when I was 20 years old, I started a turf management landscape construction business. Um, and that grew to be something very uh, successful for us and my partner and uh, something that I'm still a part of today. Uh, and that was primarily the bulk. But during that 
came an opportunity to flip lots of homes uh, during the um, financial crisis. And then uh, from there, I managed a lot of private equity for myself and for others, and really just dabbled in multifamily homes and rentals, which I still own today, uh, and, and things that, you know, just kept continuing to build upon, um, you know, my personal portfolio, if you will. Got it. So going back, you opened the store in May. When did you say, you know what, I'm going to do this? I'm going to step away from the day-to-day -day of running a landscape construction company. And I'm going to open a running store. Yeah, I'll never forget it. I drove by a building in Sparta that I've always loved just because it's old architecture. Uh, it's right in the main street and it had a for rent sign in it. And it's a place I always saw Root Runners being. And I called my wife and I said to her and I said, hey, we have to have a talk because I think I think I found the spot to open and uh, I'm ready to do this. You know, during the pandemic, everything was crazy, right? Everyone had an opportunity to kind of reflect on what's going on in their lives. And, you know, you still hear it today in the labor market that people are just not returning to the places they were because they're looking for other opportunities. So I had that moment when I saw that space that I've always envisioned my dream being. And then that night I talked to my wife about it and I said, I can't do this unless you're in. And she said, I'm in. And then from there, it was just off to the races. Incredible. You, you decide you're going to do this mm -hmm. and you're an entrepreneur. So there's a lot that goes on gut and you take risks that mm. some big businesses don't do, mm -hmm. but what went into the fact that you thought Sparta would be a good location for a running store, right? It's a great question. And, and what really is, so if you look at run specialty and where it's located, Morris County, you know, has tons of running stores. Sussex County, we don't have anything over here. We're underserved. And for me, as a runner in Sussex County, I'd have to drive 40 minutes to get what I needed. So it really was just like that arbitrage investment of being able to cut that um, consumer from. And if that's just in Sparta, if you're further north in Sussex, you're driving an hour if not more. So it's such an active community, the trail system, the running groups, it's all there. It was just going somewhere else. So I knew that there was a place for us here in Sussex. Got it. That, that, that for rent sign that you saw, is that the location that you're in today? It's not. Oh, uh, so what happened? Not, yeah. So I, I started talking to the owner, small place and, uh, he, um, he had a lot of shistiness going on with him. And, and okay. I, I don't know if I could say shistiness, <laughs> if that's even a word, but um, constantly changing things and adjusting things that after we agreed upon things. And I, I didn't like our connection. I said, this is not who I want to do business with. I'm going to keep looking. I'm not forcing doors on this um, new investment. I'm going to continue to move forward. I just pulled the plug and continue to look from there. Okay. You find a new spot. Walk us through the process, right? You, you've owned business. And so, I, and you're an entrepreneur and an investor. You're good at starting businesses, but this one, you're selling a consumer product versus a service. You have to have connections with vendors who sell Brooks or whatever shoes that you sell in your store. How did that all evolve? It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> 
I had zero idea, to be honest, about how that was going to all take place. But I just I had to dive into it. Right. And um, I called, I, you know, after finally figuring out the sales reps numbers and doing some due diligence on how to get an authorized retailer. I, you know, I called the uh, Sockney rep, Eddie Joyce, who's, who's been in the market forever. And and he's like, do you have a business plan? And I'm like, I got some things together. And I'm like, meanwhile, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know to what extent I had to go through. I thought it was, I have a space, right? That was my first step. Let me show everyone I have a space, right? right? And then from there, it's like, cool, you know? No, it wasn't the case. I was so oblivious, I guess, consumed with everything else. I didn't, you know, you never think anything through entirely. You know, and that, I guess, got blindsided completely by that, but you know, fortunately, with what I was able to put together and after talking with him, once you get one, going to the next one's a little easier because they're like, oh, Saucony's on board. All right, New Balance is like, I'll take this to my management, tell them that Saucony's on board. You know, they're all interconnected. They know when they when they want to open up. But yeah, that, that threw me for a loop because it was like not as easy as I thought it was going to be. But after learning it from like the first two, then three, four, five, and six made it a heck of a lot easier. And it just snowballs into, you know, getting all the vendors on board. Understood. And when did you lock down the location? What What's the time? Have you opened in May? Yeah. When did it lock down? Signed our lease September of 2020. Um, and, you know, so it was all of 2020. I was looking, 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 been through a couple different spots. There was a new plaza opening up a little bit north of Sparta, but the area is growing tremendously. So sure. It was with where a new shop right is, and they're very prominent, um, you know, real estate owners who own that. So great space, great frontage, really loved it, just excessively high for what I felt comfortable doing. Um, so when I found this plaza that's uh, very well known in Sparta, met the owner, he, he, he built the building in the 80s, just has a complete passion for his tenants and for what he does. I knew it was going to be right, you know, for totally. us, this was the spot. So yes, yeah, so that was September of 2020, we signed the lease. So what were you doing from September of 2020 to when the doors opened in May? I'd go to work during the day when the kids went to bed. I drove up to the store and was putting the hammer to nail. You know, my wife's an architect, so she designed the whole space. And um, basically, you know, when you well, have that was to, handy. That yeah, was nice. Incredible. <laughs> really. I mean, she designed everything, you know. I probably would have done it much less expensive, but it wouldn't have looked nearly as nice as <laughs> she did. So. so you ended up. You ended up saving on labor because you were doing a lot of the work. You owned a landscaping and construction company, so you're able to do that. <clears throat> what was the total with working capital, coming in a pandemic, opening a retail store, all the build out? What do you, what do you think you ended up investing in when you opened the doors May 2020? Mm, about 150,000. About 150. Yeah. You're in 150. And you open the doors. Mm -hmm. I was planning on 75, by the way. But you, always, <laughs> you always double it. That's just where it goes. I can tell you this is not unique, yeah. uh, right? It, it, this is not unique. We see, we see every year we have hundreds of stores that open in our properties. And, you know, it's certainly a challenge, especially now. And we have a dedicated construction management team and I have a general mm -hmm. contracting team that works with me and right now given everything going on the ball is always moving so 
it is it is, it is not easy uh it is not easy to keep your handle on that right now especially yeah. with all the supply chain stuff when you were opening the doors mm-hmm. may 20 you had to do some marketing beforehand right so talk to me about what, what were some of the things you did to get the word out how were how did you get the word out that you guys were coming here yeah, it's a great question. And I think what I love about the run specialty is that connection you have with the community. And so for me, it was going right to the people that have the biggest influence in the community to our target audience, if you will, right? I talked to all the track coaches from the local high schools and some of the middle schools. I uh, was able to build really good relationships with them. I spoke to the leaders of all the running groups in the area and then started from there already figuring out ways of how we're gonna build and grow and have events and do all that stuff. And then obviously social media, you know, you, you play that to your, to your strong suit. So, you know, right off the bat, I just wanted to get in and start meeting the people who are involved with what we're looking to do. And then, and then from there, the connections continue to grow. And um, you, we work our way from the people who are actually coaching the kids or having to run groups to the practices from the physical therapy, the podiatrist going there, introducing myself, talking about things, you know, building that grassroots foundation. And then, you know, as soon as you open the doors, it's a floodgate for everyone who wants you in their newspaper or the this and then that. So you got to try to pick and choose wisely. I didn't want to overextend, you know, from my past experiences of running businesses, grassroots is one of the best ways in terms of trust within a consumer. Uh, so that's where I wanted to start. So I, I, I got one. We go through this all the time. So we're on the position that brick and mortar, and you, I'm pretty public about this on all social media platforms. I'm not hard to find. I speak on a lot of panels on brick and mortar is not only not dead. Mm. There is, you know, today, most people don't know that 86.7% of all retail sales come out of a store. So even in the midst of a pandemic, people still are going to a store. There's a lot of reasons for that. It's it's, but that is the case, and we're we're a believer that long term the store is still here. There will be stores that don't make it because they're not good stores. Right. And there's this symbiotic relationship between brick and mortar and online. But online's not actually killing the store. That's the myth. Right. My question to you: Did you think about just doing an e-commerce business versus a physical location? Never. And, and, and the reason being is that, you know, look, you can go and buy a pair of shoes. You know, let's just talk about the footwear segment of what we're doing, right? Yeah. If you want to buy a pair of shoes online, you're buying four pairs. You're returning three if you're lucky to get a better size, right? Um, if you go to, uh, it's just, it's just inconvenient process. When you fit somebody, when you have a personalized experience with somebody, especially somebody who's knowledgeable, I knew that's what's going to drive people to come in and having that niche and and that that it's actually more convenient for them even if they have to drive a little bit as opposed to ordering online to get fit properly you know get analyzed and have it done one one time right then and there never e-com all the way of that and and that experience you just described it's one of the things that's really challenging with apparel as the owner of the e-com business right if i if I sell four and she returns three and I don't charge her shipping, I'm losing, I'm no pun intended. I'm losing my shirt. I'm not making any money from that sale. Right. right. And, and, And it's a very hard business that said, 
many groups have both a brick and mortar and an online presence. Do you have an online presence as well? Yeah, we do. And we do have a platform that's actually gone pretty, you know, they're amongst all the fleet feats now and stuff. So they do really well. Uh, and we, we, we brought them on right off the bat. I didn't wait to have that. I wanted it to be seamless. Given We didn't know where we were headed with lockdowns again and whatnot. So we just wanted to be prepared. You know. Excellent. So you opened in May. Did you hit your projection of sales? Were you, were you short? Did you have any clue? How, how did it go? So, well, we opened May 27th. So I was like, and it was like a oh. soft opening. And the reason I made it a soft opening is because I wanted to train our staff. Yeah. while allowing customers to come in before getting out there and exploding on our grand opening, right? So I knew it was going to be a little slower, you know, that first couple of weeks. You know, we had our grand opening on June 19th, but the doors were open May 27th. So that was great practice experience, hands-on stuff. I would say, you know, June, we were a little shy, but then July, August, and September, we hit our mark. And I was really pleased with that. So, um, that's where we need to be. Uh, I know that it's going to be lights out for the winter season, January and February, you know, but um, I'm, I'm really excited to get a full year under belt. That's great, man. Well, congrats. That's Thank great you. to see it. Are, are you seeing people buy for holiday? Is that, is that like a running shoes? Of, I, I, I don't know if I've ever asked this. Are running shoes a Christmas gift? I think the gift card to the running store is a good Christmas gift because everyone who's in that, they're going to be excited to go there and get what they want and, and do that. So having seen so much people come in and be like, let me get a shoe for my husband. It's more of like, hey, let's get a gift card and they're going to enjoy the experience of coming there. So, yeah, we're starting to get that gift card uh, thing you know, rolling. Oh, that's good. I didn't yeah. think of that. that. That makes a lot of sense, though. It's going to be slower in the winter. Mm hmm. Will you still do like running events and things like that? Yeah, uh, we have some holiday events that we're going to try to get out there and promote. Um, you know, ultimately, you're one of anything. You throw some stuff out there, see what works, what doesn't, and we'll take it with us next year. You know, coming from a landscape construction business, I know you store all your nuts before the winter because if it don't snow, it ain't working. So I kind of have an idea of how to handle uh, going into a slow season and what that's going to look like. Um, so I'm just going to take it with me, try to host as many events as possible, trying to keep interactive with everybody as possible and, you know, kind of see where, see where it goes. You mentioned staff before, mm -hmm. and you can't pick up a newspaper without seeing the challenges that business owners are having hiring. Yeah. How's that been for you? I've been really fortunate. And, wow. I, and I think it's because this particular industry, you get people that are passionate about it and of all ranges and sizes. So it's really easy in the summertime because you get college runners who are home who want to work at their local run specialty shops. So that was super easy. Uh, and then you meet people who have been running for a long time, who have an opportunity. It's not necessarily one person who could do full time as it is a lot of passionate people who can offer certain segments throughout the week, but I haven't, haven't had any issues. Knock on wood. Um, you know, we are, I did start off wage at a, a very good wage for what we're doing. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with it as well. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's worth it to me knowing that these people are passionate and are going to push that passion through the, you know, their service. Excellent. Okay. Last kind of topic about the store. Mm-hmm. What's unique? What's different? What separates Root Runners from 
maybe some other running stores I'm going to walk into? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And there are a lot of similarities, personalized sure. fit, gait analysis, you know, all the staples of what you'd want at a run specialty. And it's important that we provide those, but I think where other um, stores fail and depending on who owns them or how big they are, right. You kind of lose a little bit of personal connectivity, but we focus not only on the physical benefits, but on the mental benefits of running as well. So we have specific mental uh, running events that we hold to to help people become aware in, of mental illnesses and to help them understand what's actually going on in your brain when you're running. So we're trying to help erase the stigma, bring awareness and do that through our run specialty channel. Uh, and that's always been behind Root Runner since day one and our brand since day one. So um, I just think that's a different message you don't really get from a lot of places. And it's not a bad thing on their end. It's just something that I have a passion for um, that is important for us. Got it. Well, that was great. Matt, Yeah. this, is, this has been fascinating. I'm so excited. I hope this yeah. winter season actually shocks you and you continue to crush it and you come into spring not knowing what to do because yeah, you're, cool. you're crushing it so much. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah. I want to take us to the last part of the show. We call this retail wisdom. I got three fun questions for you. Are you ready? All right. All right. All right. Question one. What extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? All right. I'm going to go with sports authority. All right. And I'll tell you why. I feel like when I went to sports authority as a kid, you know, always as a kid with my parents, the people that worked back then were actually passionate about like, getting you into the right equipment, you know, like it was a different feel and vibe as like <clears throat> dicks is, you know, cause like, which I just think is ridiculous. You know, you don't have it anymore. I just, I just missed that vibe that they had in their heyday, in their prime. That was a good sporting store. Excellent. Are they extinct? I they are. They are. They went bankrupt. Yes. I had one and we ended up replacing it. I had one in Chicago and we replaced it with a, DSW and a Michael's Arts and Crafts. So we split it into, yeah. Okay. Question two. Yeah. What is the last item over $20 you bought in a store? It's simple. It's wine. Wine. Yeah. Not because I buy expensive wine, but because I buy two bottles. So I don't have to go back the next day. <laughs> Perfect answer. Okay. Yeah. Last question. You and I were shopping at Target. And I lost you. What aisle would I find you in? <laughs> uh, um, you know, I'm always a sucker, I guess, for for looking in the aisle of the things that I'll never actually purchase. You know, mm. so I guess for me as a bald man, I would be in like I know Target. Every time I pass that men's grooming section, <laughs> I'm like, oh, look at all this nice stuff for people with hair, and I'm like, this is fantastic. So I think that's where I would be. <laughs> That's it. That's the best answer I've gotten on this that question time. Amazing. So you know, like every men's grooming product, even though you can't use it. Maybe I'll get a nice aftershave, and I'm like, nah, it's too expensive. I'll just keep using rubbing alcohol. Oh man, incredible. Well, Matt, this was great. Uh, thank you for coming on, and. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, we'll hopefully uh, we'll build some awareness for root runners, man. Thank you.
Thank you so much, Chris, and appreciate your time and everybody's help with this. It's been yeah. awesome. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.